From Hyde Park Canyon Methodist in Tampa, Florida, this is the Bible Project 2020, a journey to reading the Bible without fear or frustration. I'm your host, Nikki Taylor. For our third episode on the book of Proverbs, we're honing in on a text that can bring up mixed feelings for a lot of people, myself included. Proverbs 31, 10-31. The title of this text varies depending on your translation, but examples include the wife of noble character, the virtuous wife, or ode to a capable wife. These verses describe the characteristics and actions of a noble wife and can sometimes feel like an outdated or impossible standard to try to live up to. To discuss this text, Matt and I talked with Rosie Candithill, a second-year PhD student in Hebrew Bible at Emory University. We talked about the context of this passage in the book of Proverbs as a whole, some harmful ways the text could be applied, and discussed some life-giving ways we can view and apply this text. Let's jump in. Thanks for joining us today, Rosie. My pleasure. And um, we're going to have a conversation about Proverbs 31, which as a woman, I don't know about you, I have such mixed feelings about. Before we kind of get into specifically how we interpret this as women, what place does this have in the book of Proverbs as a whole? It's the it's very last thing in the book of Proverbs. Right. I mean, so I think when you first mentioned Proverbs 31, there's both like the aspect that you were talking about, which is kind of this, um, how it's been applied. But the question you're asking now is just sort of how it's placed at the, at the end of the mm-hmm. book, right? So one of the really interesting parts about Proverbs 31 is it serves almost as a bookend because the yeah. book begins with um, a father, you know, and, and mm-hmm. at, you know, kind of directing this advice to his son and it closes with a mother giving advice to a son, right? So it oh. kind of has this lovely bow to it and it kind of bookends and shapes the book as something that's set in the family, kind of an instructive, like, uh, you know, like this is how we raise our children. Um, and mm-hmm. these are the kinds of values that we both hold. So you kind of see these two edges of Proverbs as a wisdom book, but it's set in this sort of household. So it's intimate as well. Like, so Proverbs 31 for that reason is really, there's, um, there's a tenderness to it. Like even mm-hmm. in the way that this, this mother is saying, in my experience, this is what a king does. This is what my son should hold up. And this is what you should desire in a woman. And I think one of the things that we miss, and I know I, I miss growing up. So I grew up in a more traditional Southern Baptist, small church tradition. And I never really heard Proverbs 31 in the greater context of the book. Right. And how it really is this bookend um, to wisdom and to the family in general. It was just kind of this random passage that was always picked up and just applied to women. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So I feel you on that. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. And so one of the, um, you know, reading through different commentaries and works on it, I've even heard people kind of say that instead of just looking this as a passage about women, um, 
maybe it's even an allegory for wisdom itself. Exactly. Would you agree with that? Right. I think so. One of the important things to when you're putting this text in context is to recognize just what you were saying is that this figure of woman wisdom or this female figure of wisdom is one that's really unique and gets gets deployed throughout scripture after Mm -hmm. the Proverbs Mm -hmm. as well, right? So she has a life of her own and cosmic wisdom, this like creative power of wisdom that becomes personified in the female body is something that's like, that's something both women and men can see. And then Mm -hmm. it gets placed at the end of the book in this kind of human embodiment. What does it look like to see woman wisdom embodied and then, um, a figure of life for a family. So, I mean, it's, it's quite, it's quite beautiful. Like when you think about it that way and quite, mm-hmm. um, even though it's at a contrast to the way it's been deployed in congregations, I think, you know, yeah. in, in that it's, it's only applicable maybe to women. The text mm-hmm. is really directed at men too. Like, these, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, so we got to play with both the kind of patriarchal setting of what this book is, but also what it has become over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so speaking about what it has become, there have been a lot of, I would say, harmful interpretations of this text. Like, for example, when I was trying to just do some Google searching and find out what people are saying about this text, I came across a video where someone was talking about uh, Proverbs 31 characteristics in a relationship. So it was a YouTube video, actually really helpful interpretation. Uh, But I went through the comment section, which if you've ever been on the comment section on YouTube, it's horrible. Um, (laughs) But somebody said, well, what about me? I'm a single mother. Can I be a Proverbs 31 woman? And someone replied to the comment and said, well, if you were really a Proverbs 31 woman, you'd have a husband. I wish people could see Rosie's eyebrows at that moment. I mean, they yes. I mean just, at, just at the words, a Proverbs 31 woman, it makes my yeah. hackles kind of go up. Yes. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Yes. 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 And I think, you know, regardless of saying, you know, does being a Proverbs 31 woman mean that you're more of a housewife type woman? I feel like I've kind of seen that it gets to this really unhealthy interpretation about saying that if you're, you know, truly godly woman, you're going to be married. Right. And you're going to have kids and you're going to look this one way. Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's 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 really harmful for both men and women to mm-hmm. be holding up this as some sort of like, you know, uh, the Proverbs thirty one woman. I'm putting quotes around it now. Yeah. It's like that's just it's it's harmful, and I don't think that's what. I mean, we don't have to go there with this text. No. Although I think you're pointing at something. This text does invite that kind of a you know like a cat like a square box that you kind mm-hmm. of, you know, checkbox through, right? But I mean, one of the things that you're also, I was reading it again in preparation for this podcast. Mm-hmm. I was struck by how much women's labor is kind of held up, mm-hmm. you know, and um, given a place of honor. Like where I think even today as 21st century readers, something that kind of surprised me again is that a woman's work um, should be in, like prized, honored, um understood in both and that's an important kind of context here is the the economics mm-hmm. of of what it's what it is to be married what it is to have children what it is to provide for them you know and so the, these are things that women could be talking about today as well in terms mm-hmm. of just 
even fair compensation for our mm. labor. Oh, um, yeah. So maybe, maybe there's a justice angle that we play with with the Proverbs 31 woman who is, you know, who's who's someone who knows the value of her work. Yeah, and I hear it, that like when you like when my wife and I were trying to get life insurance at one point, one advisor was telling us, well, how much like if your wife were a stay at home mom, how much is she saving you by being a stay at you know, how much is that worth? Yeah. How much is uh, you know, the the things that let's just say, you know, a wife was a stay at home mom, caring mm-hmm. for the kids, providing daycare, you know, cooking, all the, you know, doing all those things that you think of, you know, in a store stereotypical stay at home mom. And how much is that worth, you know, labor wise? I right. mean, it's, it's, right. it's, yeah. it's exponential when you then think about it in terms of mm-hmm. thinking of a life insurance policy. So clearly Absolutely. we give it value it, when we insure it, <laughs> but we don't give it yeah. value, you know, necessarily, uh, when we, when we provide. In the actual workplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 And clearly this, like, one of the aspects of wisdom that this queen mother is trying to get her son to recognize, too, is that this woman's labor is contributing to your wealth directly, mm-hmm. like, mm. and to your standing and reputation, you know. So there's, um, there's, there's something both patriarchal about that, but also something that we as women could take as a way to value our own work, value the ways that we contribute um, to households. Stay at home mom, you know, has been used as, as some way to kind of devalue our work mm-hmm. or even in the ways that when we when we introduce ourselves to each other and you're yes. like, oh, I just, you know, I just stay at I home. I just stay at home. Yeah. Right. I mean, and so, I mean, looking at this text, I'm like, this woman stays at home, but she also does a lot of work. And it's yes. like, verse by verse by verse in this incredible like alphabetic acrostic like that's one thing in the hebrew Mm -hmm. that i was looking at i you know pulled out the hebrew to look at this and i'm like look at the way it's you know it's like an a to z Mm -hmm. and a a lot of it is like from from beginning to end like she has all these aspects like to her personality and to her work and to the way that she contributes yeah so i was thinking about uh, that acrostic nature of it, right? The, that it starts with A and goes through. Not only would that have helped with memorizing it and sort of yes. you know, applying this, uh, but also those were done, Rosie, correct? To like kind of um, mention totality, sort of like this yes. idea of like, this is a full, a full idea. Total, we, yeah. The, the big picture, this is, mm-hmm. right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then I'm looking back at other texts we've read that are, are uh, male-centric and mm-hmm. there is no, acrostic for what manliness should be, right? Right. And we, right. we're quick to draw uh, a gender norm for a female, what what good uh, femininity mm. should look like. Mm-hmm. I mean, biblical masculinity is, there's there's no standard for, I mean, there's no helpful mm-hmm. standard for that. You know, we, uh, <laughs> we've read David and he's certainly not a helpful standard for that, right? Yeah. Um, mm. But then you think about femininity in the Bible and you get other pictures that are richer beyond just Proverbs 31. I mean, the woman right. is a trickster mm-hmm. throughout the Pentateuch, right? That right. women can advocate for themselves by trickery. Not trickery that is, it's not given a moral coloring, right? Yeah. Trickery doesn't right. have a moral judgment assigned to it. It's simply they're right. advancing their cause through, um, through wit, you know? Right, right. I'm glad you're bringing that up too, because there's there's a complicated portrait of women, even in Proverbs as well. Like, mm. so this woman wisdom is also being played against this strange or foreign woman that also shows up in early Proverbs, like where there's a contrast that's being played that um, here's a here's a woman that is loose, here's a woman who's sexual, here's a woman who kind of um, 
strays outside of the household, and then she's being compared um, negatively to woman wisdom. So mm. a couple of things that you highlighted is that, you know, this this particular poem in its alphabetic acrostic form was um, geared toward memorization for young men um, and part of their formation and part of the ways that they were um, being trained to look for um, a mate, mm-hmm. right? Um, and in the same way, like I think women also need to be aware that this this text is being used to contrast some women that are um, maybe better partners than others, right? And so in that way, even from the beginning, it's it's used as a way to to maybe divide, you know, um, women as well. And I, th- I think you saw that in the YouTube comments, you know, where yeah. you're, you know, it's like, that's, it, it, you, we have to understand the context before we start applying it against each other. There's also something really complicated and wonderful that's going on here in just even the projection that women, what, that women are taking in this text. Like they are mm-hmm. powerful and they are instructors. This woman is a preacher. This woman is a teacher yep. through her life. She's setting an example and she's, she's strong. She's described. I looked again at this, this woman, woman of substance is the way that it's been um, translated. And that's so Kyle, mm-hmm. this strength, but also, I, I mean, the strength, when I was looking up the word for Kyle, it's like, it's also, um, identified with wealth and property Mm. so it's like it's some it's a woman of weight like you're talking about this competent wife right yeah this competent it's right so it's translated as competent wife yeah right Mm -hmm. but the hebrew behind that yeah the hebrew behind kyle is it's 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 really quite um it's it's a strong word and it's a word that's also described like just a few verses before for men so i mean this is like like you said Mm -hmm. like this kind of um you know, these balances between um, a, a man of valor, a man of strength and a woman of strength and a woman of mm. valor. So mm-hmm. um, there's, a, there's a lot to be said, even in that adjective that's being used for what this woman is like, her capacity. Yeah, I think one of the one of the things a lot of times when we look at biblical texts, um, we do a good job, hopefully, of taking count of the um, cultural context Mm -hmm. and kind of realizing that it's different than our own. But I think one thing in this text we need to do is we need to take our own cultural context out of it. Like I, um, again, when kind of doing research on what are, what are just, you know, the common, common man, common woman Mm -hmm. saying about this passage, a lot of people talk about it feeling like a checklist of all the things that you have to do. And I think, that is our own cultural context as well, at least for me as a woman and as a mom um, that I need to take out of it because we can, can again, play those really dangerous comparison games, play those really dangerous. I have to be perfect games right. where yeah. that's not really the purpose of this passage. When we think about in the original cultural context that it was a really big and positive deal for a woman to be given all these positive attributes. Yes. Um, We need to kind of look at it in that lens instead, instead of saying, these are all the things I have to do to be a good woman. It's more at, oh, look at all these positive attributes that I can have. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good point too, because I think women, especially in our culture and day, like that idea of like holding ourselves to some sort of standard can be really... Mm -hmm. Well, it, I mean, it can be really um, painful and it can be 
really not productive at all, right? Yeah. So then we just wind up comparing ourselves to this text or blaming ourselves for not having, you know, not being able to attract a mate because we aren't, mm-hmm. you know, what this text is lining up. And who can be? This yeah. is the description of a be. perfect woman, right? A whole, like you said, A to Z, like mature productive woman like when we feel like we don't measure up to this text we can we tend as women to blame ourselves for well that's the reason why we're not single Mm -hmm. that we're that that we're single and not married that there's some way that we haven't measured up to this biblical standard right and then Mm -hmm. what what happens is like we 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 do something to ourselves yeah i think that's a really positive image to really hammer home the fact that this is not a checklist Mm -hmm. and this is an ideal and it's more of a celebration of what you know a mighty woman can be Mm -hmm. you know you have you really have to look at it from that standard and not these are things that i'm never going to live up to but these are qualities that i want to embody in some way shape or form you know, in, in whatever um, version of this I'm a- able to actually make happen, that's great and celebrate that. I think the other thing, too, that I was noticing as I was reading through this passage again was like I was in my heart celebrating women who do hold this standard for me, like or who reflect mm. some of this. Yeah. And so that was really lovely as a way for me to just celebrate the kinds of women who have been models to me of faith and um, models of kindness, models of generosity. I mean, the woman that's described in Proverbs 31 is someone who who gives so generously. Mm-hmm. And there have been a lot of women in my life, you know, even now, like that, like I'm kind of getting choked up when I think about the women that have been yeah. so generous in my life, you know. And so I think Proverbs 31, when we look at it as a celebration of womanhood and sisterhood and like, you know, and what we have been to one another, that can be a much more positive way of, of using the text rather than maybe looking mm-hmm. at it as a way to beat ourselves up or yeah. as a checklist. Yeah. You know, if there was a similar text, I think about manliness so often because I don't fit mm. the typical checklist of manhood, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not right. I'm not huge. I'm you know, I'm not like <laughs> a I, warrior. Yeah, I don't drive a truck. I drive a you know, I drive a sedan. I don't teach my kids manly things. Like, you know, I, I let them do whatever they want to do. I'm not teaching them to fill this mold of manhood. And I wasn't right. taught to fill this mold of manhood. But there were times in my life when I felt like I wasn't matching up to the guys who were around me. Or These ideals are out there. They're in our Bible. But just because they're there doesn't mean we have to deploy them mm-hmm. right onto mm-hmm. ourselves and expect those of ourselves. Right, mm-hmm. right. I really appreciate hearing um, a man's perspective on this too. Because I think, yeah. I, I don't know whether, Nikki, you'd agree with this, but like a lot of times these texts are studied in single-sex environments mm-hmm. or... Um, and I, I don't always realize the way that they're being also deployed on men in, yeah. in ways that can be detracting as well. And I don't know how much men really talk about, you know, that, yeah. you know, as much as maybe women might, um, you know. So yeah. anyway, it's, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. And I think it shows us that, yeah, this passage is about the mighty woman, but it's mighty qualities that people of either right. sex can employ. Yeah, I, w- I would. I hope I'm not speaking for you, Matt. But you no, know. I just folded a, a ton of laundry this morning. Like, yeah, no, I'm you, you are a mighty man. <laughs> yes. yes, but I think um, that's a really important aspect. If we're you know flipping forward in 
um, Paul talks about in Christ, there's neither male nor female. Mm. And that, you know, equality is a really, to me, a big part of Christianity and kind of blurring the line between these traditional gender roles and saying, you know, it's, it's okay. Like whether, you know, the husband changes the diaper or the wife, you know, it's all, um, just people working together and people embodying good qualities that help the household in general. Mm -hmm. Doesn't, doesn't matter whether it's the man's job or the woman's job to do it. I think that's one really great thing too. When we, um, cause I often think about Jesus and the way that, um, he kind of, um, turns the gender norms on their head. Like, mm-hmm. so in a, a lot of ways, also woman, woman wisdom here in Proverbs is, is the language is picked up again in John chapter one, when, when John is describing Jesus yes. as someone who is there at creation, right. And, you know, kind of there at the beginning, that language is what's in Proverbs eight to describe woman wisdom. And so mm-hmm. there is this sort of, um, there's this wonderful, especially in the New Testament, this way of recognizing that these gender norms around Jesus are being flipped upside down. Like he is nurturing, he's around children. Mm-hmm. That is not mm-hmm. what young men did. Mm-hmm. He did not get married, did not have kids, yeah. you know, and yet like he was like a family man in a lot of ways, like mm-hmm. nurturing his disciples through weakness um, and embodying su- suffering the way that like many women, and he was sensitive to the suffering of women Mm -hmm. and the plight of women. So in a lot of ways, Jesus flips the masculinity around the way that woman wisdom also flips masculinity Mm. around. Right. So, I mean, I think, yeah, this is when like the Bible becomes a really interesting place, you know, and even pushes back against some of our 21st century gender norms that we think are so forward. But when we look at the text, we can find some really forward ways of thinking about gender there too. I hope you enjoyed this chat we have with Rosie. I found our conversation so much fun and so life-giving. Our conversation shows how important it is to share openly and honestly how we see scripture and how it relates to our everyday lives. When we share with others our joys and struggles in the context of Bible study, it allows others to speak into our lives encouragement and support we couldn't have found on our own. And this is especially crucial during the COVID-19 pandemic. We'd love to have you join the conversation in one of our Bible Project 2020 groups from wherever in the world you are listening from. You can find a list of groups at BibleProject2020.org, or you can join our Facebook group by searching for The Bible Project 2020. Be sure to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Nikki Taylor. See you next week.